Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am Sonia Robinson, and we're here with Conversations That Matter. Why? Because we're having conversations that matter. Now, if you could do three things for me, and you know what they are. The first one, if you can put in the feed where you're watching from, and that will allow our audience to see how broad the audience base is. Two, if you have any questions, if you can put those in the feed, we'll address those as we go along. And finally, if you're watching, please share the video. And I tell you to share the video, it's not for me or for the guests, but there may be someone out there who needs to hear this message today. Keep in mind, this message may not be for everyone, but it is for someone. And that person may not be here with us today, but they can go back and listen to the replay. They may be out grocery shopping or doing other things and hopefully they're staying safe. But again, please share the message. Now our topic for today is foundation is everything. And when I say that, what that means to me, I think about kids. I think about values. I think about integrity and, de and um, dependability. I think about character building because what do they say? We want our, we develop our kids to go in the path that we want them to go. So we train the kids in the direction that we want them to go in. So some examples would be to be respectful. You know, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Opening doors. And how many of you have ever been on a bus or train or something where there may be teenagers sitting in a seat with their headphones on and they're playing with their cell phones? And at the same time, you may have a mature lady or man standing here. You may have a mother that's carrying children, or you may have someone that's pregnant standing. So that's why I say, you know, kids need to be taught in those cases. Please just give up your seat and let them sit in that seat. The second thing, establishing patterns. And when I say that, I think about homework and I think about education. Homework, you know, you need to set a pattern for kids, a habit. So when kids come home from school, immediately tell them, you know, you need to do your homework. Get your homework out the way, and then you go play. Education, you need to stress education as well, because our children need to work twice as hard as their counterparts, twice as hard. And that's all the way through life. And at the same time that you're working on with them in their early life, teach them about their heritage so they'll know. But I say when you're working with education, it's not the same as when they go to college. And I say that because of this reason. When my daughter was in high school, she was a 4.1 student. And then she went off to college. And my conversation with her at that time changed. It was, Angela, things came to you hard when you were, I mean, easy when you were in high school. But because you're now in college, take you know less, less of a load in your first year, or your first um, semester, so you can get a grasp on what it's like going to college. Because if you put too much in there, it may not work out well for you because you don't really have a good study habit because things came easy. Did she listen to me? Oh no, because you know, her thing was, I'm going to graduate early. And not only did she do that, she wouldn't got a job. So this is what happened after that first quarter. Oh mom, 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 I've got a 3.7. I gotta find a tutor, I gotta, and it's like, calm down, it's not that serious. You know, 3.7, that's great with me. I says, but again, you know, you just need to develop those study habits. So along with that comes the sleeping patterns. You need to work with your children to understand and to get them to understand why it's important for them to go to bed at a certain time. 
because you want them refreshed and renewed the next morning. And basically a sleeping pattern will help them in later years with their sleeping pattern. So again, those are the three things that I look for in establishing patterns as well as doing chores. And you can start kids out, babies out doing chores. They pull those toys out of the box, work with them to put them back in the box. All these are character building traits. Let's get into spiritual and emotional. You know, that's church. You wanna teach them about church and scriptures. So if they have anything going wrong, they know where to go back into the scriptures to find a scripture that fits what they're going through. It teaches them about wisdom and values and belief. It teaches them about God. Without God, I am nothing. So those are the things you look for there. Relationships will teach them about friends. Promptness will just teach them about uh, dependability. Finances, that's another big one for me, is saving money. You need to work with kids early on saving money. You know, they need to know how to count money. And this is where I have a problem um, sometimes with finances. I remember, and I'm gonna say back in the day without telling my age, but back then they didn't have the cash registers they have now. They had the cash registers when you put in what the, what the dollar amount came to, and then it was up to you to count out the money for them. And as they came in with these new cash registers, it was like, mm, if those cash registers ever go down, they're not gonna even know how to count money. You know, they used to pull out a piece of a paper and a piece of a piece of paper and a pen to start, you know, doing the calculations. Oh, okay, I owe you four dollars and fifty cents. And then they would struggle to count it through. But I believe kids should be able to work in their mind and figure out what the cost is and what numbers are, because that's what's gonna help them. And then they should be able to know how to write a check. Believe me, because something may happen with you where they need to write a check. So you need to start kids off early with finance. And then lastly, we have health and wellness. And when I think about health and wellness, I'm thinking about exercise and I'm thinking about playtime. You know, kids need to go outside in the air every day to get a breath of fresh air. They also need to be out in the sun where they get, you know, vitamin D for the bones. So I, you know, I got a little bit of everything in here as far as setting and building a foundation as well as their eating habits. You need to start kids off early. Even as infants, they need constant attention to give them the foundation to grow emotionally, physically, and intellectually. So basically what I'm saying, the important thing here is the secret to success is your foundation. The secret to success is your foundation. And finally, I had read this article and it was called The Wealthy Gardener. And what he said is, you can divide your life into three areas. The first one being zero to 30 would be spring. And what spring is, let me get some comments up here. So what spring is, is that's when you would plant the seeds for your future. Between 30 and 60, they reference that as summer. That's when you work hard to grow your crops. So basically that's when you're saving your money, you're working hard, and, and you're basically planning for your life. And then you have 60 and over. So basically that is when you reap your harvest. So think about Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is one of the wealthiest successful business investors in the world. He is worth $72.1 billion. You know how he started out? He started out by selling newspapers. He was selling newspapers and putting his money away at 12 years old. And that's what helped him develop his work ethics for his foundation. So today, 
We're going to expand on work ethics. We're going to talk about build the foundation for your future. And of course, along the way, you may have to make some changes and some tweaks, but that's okay. Just don't give up. So today our guest is going to walk us through what she went through to build her foundation to get where she is today. And our guest today is Miss Veronica Keybird. I know her as Key. So in order to help me with some of the syllables, I'm just going to reference her as Key. <laughs> so before we get started, Veronica, before I even introduce you, is there anything that you would like to say real quick? And then we'll well, well, first of all, thank you, Sonia, for allowing me this opportunity to address your audience. And to those of you who are out there, and this is not the first time, but the second time you came to meet us here, I really and truly appreciate you, your time, your efforts, and your energy. And as I promised you before, I'm going to try to bring it the best I can. Thank you. Thank you. So as she said, we were scheduled to do this in June. We had technical difficulties. I had to bring her back. I am so grateful that she had this time available to bring her back. But as I indicated, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a mother, a grandmother, a sister, an aunt and a friend. She's a world civility ambassador. She is an international speaker. She is a certified parent educator. She is a youth and family coordinator, and she is a published author as well. So before, I go any further. I want to start asking her some questions so we can get deep inside of Veronica Key to understand where she's from, what she's done, and a whole lot of other stuff. So Veronica, I know that you're from a very large family, and I know that you're number 11 of 12. Tell us about your family and your upbringing. Okay. So again, I am thankful for this opportunity to be with you all today. And when I talk about my family, my family is large. I am actually number 11 of 12. That's right, 11 of 12, one mom, one father. My dad worked outside of the home and my mom worked at home. And what I can tell you about my, my foundation when it comes to my, my parents, my mother was a very hospitable person. She was like the queen of hospitality. I mean, she was one of those ones that would not allow us. Remember, I told you there were 11, there were 12 children. and She would not allow us to use paper plates. We were the ones washing the dishes. So we wanted to say, no, we'll, we'll use the paper plates. We don't mind the plastic silverware. What my mother said was, there is no way that I am going to treat someone outside of my family better than I treat my family. I would not serve uh, people things on a paper plate. And so I'm not going to do that for you. So you get the best of the best. So that's what she did. Her job to her was giving her family the best of the best, teaching them how to be hospitable and teaching them that they could find the good in everything and everyone. And believe me, that's the way my mother was. So that's that hospitable part of that my relationship. My father, he was just a hard worker. That's all I saw him do was work. He worked outside of the home. And then when he got home, he'd dress and he'd work at church. And that's what he did. He was an assistant pastor so that he never took off the robe of being a leader and being one that pushed you forward. Um, he was just a very diligent person. I never remember him in all of my years staying homesick from work. 
didn't matter whether he didn't feel good. He was going to make it one way or another. And that's what he did because he was doing it. Why? He was doing it for his family. So my mother, the hospitable person, my father, that hard worker, and that was diligent, even in the church, whatever he did and whatever he put his hands to, he also always made sure it was something that he would be proud of. And you say, well, why is that such a big deal? When he would talk to us, would tell us, he said, you carry yourself in such a way that you have pride, have pride in what you do. And tell us to have pride in ourselves. Be have pride in what you do. Carry yourself in such a way that one day you may sit with the presidents and the queens and kings. You know how to carry yourself. We couldn't put our elbows on the table. We couldn't sit there and watch TV. Believe me, when it was time for Gilligan's Island to come on, I wanted us to hurry up and eat because I wanted to see that TV show. It didn't matter. There were certain rules. You were going to sit there. You were going to have conversation. You were going to eat in the proper way. And that's just the things that they brought us. Putting that all together, I didn't know poverty. I didn't know that we were poor. Mm. Let me tell you, I found that out later on in life. My parents taught us to appreciate and value everything that we had, whether it was brand new or not, which nine times out of 10, it was not. We knew how to value. And that's a lot of things that I think a lot of people are, are maybe missing nowadays. We don't teach people how to value things that they should value, whether it be us or the things that surround us. So I had parents that were loving, were giving and just like many of you you would do the most that you could to make your child the best that, that they could you want them to have more perfect example i had 12 kids now i'm number 11 you know there wasn't a lot of money i told you my dad was the one that worked now they wanted more for me and they saw something in me and so they actually sent me to piano lessons miss collins was the piano teacher that's the the, the African-American teacher that knew all the musical instruments. And if you were going to go, you're going to go to Miss Collins. And so I would go and my parents would send me to the piano lesson. I'd have this white envelope. I didn't know what was in it. One day, Miss Collins said to me, she said, you need to tell your parents that they need to catch up. And I was like, okay. You know, I was like four years old or five years old. I go home and I said, Miss Collins said, y'all need to catch up or whatever. So I'd go back to my, my, my lesson the next time. I'd have this envelope. And she'd look in it. Either she'd smile or she'd, you know, whatever. And she told me another time, she said, you need to tell your parents that they need to catch up. Now, how many times have you guys been put into a situation that it's not even your responsibility? Some of us have had to be parents to our younger siblings. They're not our kids because of the circumstances, you've had to step out and you had to step up into a, a place that wasn't even meant for you, but you had to do it anyway. So I go back home and I tell my parents, Miss Collins said, you need to catch up, you know? And so I went back for lessons again, because you know, sometimes what you have to realize is that what you're trying to do, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not the right time. Right, and so right. I go back and, and I, I to my lesson and she says tell them this time if they don't catch up then you can't have any more lessons and so i'm thinking well i told them what, what what they said so i go back and i said mama daddy i said mama tell daddy that uh, miss collins said that if 
y'all don't catch up, then I can't go back to lessons. And so I overhear my father say, Rifa, which was my mother's name, money don't grow on trees. So when I go back and I have my little envelope and Miss Collins looks in that envelope, she said, did you tell your parents what I said? And I said, yeah, yes, ma'am. And she, I, she goes, what did they say? I said, my daddy told my mama, money don't grow on trees. <laughs> Guess what? I didn't get any more lessons. And that might seem like, oh, that was so cruel. Because sometimes we're in a position. And like I said, we have a vision. There's nothing wrong with our dream. There's nothing wrong with us stepping out and wanting something different. But it's just not the right time. That doesn't mean give up on it forever. Because guess what? They stopped the lessons and not, they didn't want to, but Miss Collins stopped those lessons. Mm -hmm. Guess what? She couldn't take away what I already learned. I learned twinkle, twinkle. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the little star piece of it. I mean, I get confused on that, but I still got that twinkle, twinkle down. So my parents were loving, they were giving, and they tried their best to give me as much as they could. So that's the kind of environment I was raised in. Okay. So let me ask you this with being 12 kids. Did you guys go through that? Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Did you go through all that with your sisters? Your siblings? Did I go through all that with my sisters? Uh, not really. I was probably the one doing the touching and telling, you know. Uh -huh. I get it, do something and then go to acting like I didn't have anything to do. What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I know they had, like, my sisters were all older. And so there were things that they didn't want us to touch. But as a kid growing up, you always want to be like your older siblings some kind of way. So you want to get in their stuff and be, but no, not particularly. They were probably uh, more interested in me being quiet than, than <laughs> not touching. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because I did hear you were the, you know, the one that always kept everything going all the time. <laughs> I didn't realize that at the time. You know what? Had I known then, I would have been putting on shows. But sometimes <laughs> God don't let us know what we really have because we ain't ready. We'd mess it up. So, you know, I, that's what they said. They said that I was always the one doing something. Now that I look back, I can kind of believe that. <laughs> okay, okay. So how do you feel that affected um, that affected your views about life today? So everything that you went through. Okay. So, so one of the things that I can say is that growing up with so many siblings, even though there were people that surrounded me, oftentimes when I felt like I didn't have a voice, they had a thing back then. It was like, it should have been an epidemic. I know it was a pandemic in the area where we were at, and it was the oh. SS, and that was a sit down and shut up. Because <laughs> kids were to be seen and not heard. If anybody knows anything about that, raise your hand in the feed. <laughs> seen and not heard. And oftentimes, even when we went into our own special place, because we weren't in grown people's conversations back then. Right, we weren't right. allowed to sit up under them and intake all the things that they were talking about. And me and my nephews and my sister, we go back into the room and we get to having such a good time. Guess what? They tell us, y'all better shut all that down. Y'all making too much noise. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know where to fit in. So we giggle, 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 and you know, to ourselves. But we just had to learn to have a good time and learn to have fun. And because of those feelings that I have, never really fitting in because, you know, uh, my family, if you were ever around them at any point in time, if you were ever at their home or spent any time around them, you would realize and you would become drug addict. And, and as, as quiet as it kept back then, I didn't understand. I mean, back then I, I, I was ashamed at, at times. Mm -hmm. 
now I know why they drug me to church on Sunday and they drug me to church on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday because they knew someday I was going to need that foundation because when in stress, you digress. Now, I'm not going to say that every time I linked on what I knew, but it was still there. That foundation was still there. So now I am so grateful for that. Speaking of that foundation and growing up and being drugged to church time and time and time and time again, when I first started this speaking thing, my two nephews, they never really bragged about being, you know, very involved in the, their academics at school. They were sports guys. You know, mm-hmm. I was more of the ones that kind of got the grades. My other sister got straight A's and all that. But when I got with them, they were saying these quotes, Miss Sonia. And I mean, they were getting down and we would take turns. And what would happen is Ruben would say his quote and Robbie would come back and say a quote. And I really didn't know no quotes. So I said, uh, Reach one, teach one. I didn't even know if that was right. I just heard something about it, you know. And so it would go back in turns. And, and every time it come come to me again, I'd say, uh, teach one, reach one. Finally, Ruben said, oh, my goodness, you're not even saying it right. If you say that this time, you're out because we're coming in with new quotes every time. So I, I said, I'm not getting out. I'm going to be in here. There's no way I'm going to let y'all beat me. So it came to my turn and I said, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And then they go, okay. And it goes back and they're doing their long quotes by everybody. And and it comes to my turn. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, he making me. And then it comes back again. I will lift to the hills from which cometh my help. Finally, they said, are you going to quote the whole Bible? I said, if I have to, but I'm not getting out of this quote contest because I'm going to get in where I fit in. And see, that's where the Bible comes into play because nobody's going to ever question that Bible. You're going to get in where you fit in. And that's so good. That is so good. Now, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, did you play the the horn? (laughs) I did. I did. Let me tell you how that came about. So when you get into elementary school, Remember, I played the little piano when I was like four yeah. or five. But when you get in elementary school, there comes a time when you can play in the band. And I remember running into the classroom, and guess who was the teacher? Miss Collins, <laughs> the teacher that was the piano teacher that stopped my lessons. Remember, I got the twinkle, twinkle, right, not right. the little star, but stopped my lesson. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know, sometimes we look at people and when they're really trying to help us and they're really trying to get, help us get a good ground or get foundation, we look at them as they're picking on me or mm-hmm. they don't like me because oftentimes we block the folks that tell us, you know, we're doing so good or we're doing so great. And when I ran into the classroom, Miss Collins was right there. So when we began to pick out our instruments, I went for the instruments that most girls play. And that is either the flute or the clarinet. And so as Miss Collins goes around, she looks at me and she says, I want you to go over there to the trumpet. And I was like, the trumpet, that's a boy. I couldn't talk back back then, but I'm inside. I'm like, oh, she makes me so old. I want to play the I want to play the flute because I just wanted to be girly and I wanted to play the clarinet. And she said, I want you to go pick up that trumpet. So I did as I was told. And there's a certain thing you do. You have to hold your lip a certain way and then you blow in. But I intentionally blew my cheeks out because I didn't I didn't want to do it right. 
she wasn't having it. Anyway, I ended up playing the trumpet and I played the trumpet up until high school. And what I did not know is that I had a little nephew up under me watching me. So sometimes for you out there in, in, this, in this area or whoever's listening right now, there are times when you're just doing things, you're just going through life and you have no idea who is watching you. You have no idea who you're going to affect or make an effect on. And so what I didn't know is that my nephew was watching me. And when I was ready to give up the trumpet, guess what? He was ready to take it on. What I thought Miss Collins was doing was picking on me from something from my past because we get in our heads sometimes uh, stories that we make up and we will have people painted all kind of purple, red, green and just all messed right. up. And all they're trying to do is bring out the best in us. This is why I encourage you to learn from everyone. Don't just have to hear it from certain people because that person that you're overlooking. Now, see, a lot of times we are hearing, we're not listening. And because I was taught to be obedient in my foundation, when Miss Collins was telling me, no, you can't do that, do this, I was obedient. Through that, I learned discipline. Through that, I actually encouraged my nephew who actually ended up being a very good jazz musician. So like I said, it was not something that I asked for. It was not something that I wanted, but I stuck to it. And it made a difference not only in my life, but it truly made a difference in someone else's. And that's what I want you all to remember. It doesn't have to be a trumpet. It doesn't have to be a cooking. It doesn't have to be even a job skill. Whatever you do, do it in such a way that it will affect people even when you don't know it. Do it in such a way that you can don't have to know that somebody's watching you. They're watching you and you can still put 100% into what you're doing. So, yeah, that was my experience as a trumpet player. <laughs> I, I could even do that now, but still, I wouldn't take that back for the world because it wasn't until later on I found out that my nephew was even paying attention to me. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. and, and everything that you just said was right on point, right on point. But sometimes we need to realize that some people see things in us that we don't see in ourselves. And Miss Collins saw something in you that she wanted you to be your best at. Yes. Even though she was a hard teacher, yes. she wanted the best for you. Miss Sonia, that's one thing we have to really, really, really be careful for. Some of us like to skip the process. You know, there's a thing going on now. It's the double T's. We want titles and tips. Yes. We're looking for a title and somebody's to pay us for whatever we do. But if you don't go through that process, mm -hmm. it's time for you to stand on your own. Your foundation is not going to be solid enough. And then guess what you're going to start doing? Looking at the person that told you you was good. I, mm -hmm. I used to watch the show American Idol. And you already knew who was going to be horrible when they got up there. They said, who inspired you? My grandma or my mama always told me I could sing good. good. You know, you, you could just almost brace yourself every time because sometimes we be telling folks stuff now. We know we ain't right. We tell folks stuff and get them out there on their own. And then when it comes to them standing up and being able to, to follow through with what we told them that they could do, they don't have the bricks to stand on. You know what I'm saying? They don't have right, that foundation. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And that's what I just encourage everybody to do is to, there's nothing wrong with having your dream. Mm -hmm. But you have to work on that too. 
There's nothing wrong with, with, with moving forward. As you move forward and take on all these different names and titles and responsibilities, you better have something to back it up. Because when push comes to shove, you out, you out there on your own. You are out there on your own. Right. And sometimes we want to rush through life. Sometimes we want to shortcut things. But you can't do that because there's a process that you go through in order to get there. So yes, we must have patience and we must work the process yes. if we want the best. Childhood and the kids, the, the the little babies that come up. There are two things that the parents always want way too soon. And some of y'all out there, you know what I'm talking about. They want the kid to be potty trained. They want them walking. They're not even one years old. And we're talking about, I want them potty trained. Or I want them, whoa, whoa, whoa. How are they going to walk if they've never crawled? Mm -hmm. no, we want to skip that. And what we don't understand is we may think it's them just being advanced. When you allow them to skip the process, it can hurt them later on. My nephew has a karate school, and he told me about this, this young man that he worked with. And what had happened is that he took what he did seriously. It wasn't just about getting somebody a black belt or, or just getting kids there and making them do what you wanted them to do. It was teaching them discipline and character. And he, a parent came to him, and he was just baffled because the young man, when he walked, even walked like Frankenstein. He he couldn't do the uh, the kicks and the punches, and and he he was just baffled. He 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 gave everything he knew, and he just didn't know what to do. So he went to his sensei. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody better have a sensei per se, whether it's a coach or somebody that you can go to that's going to give you more than what you know. And he went to him. He said, I'm stumped. I don't know what is going on. I've tried everything I've learned and I try to give it to this young man, but it's still not working. It's almost like he's walking like Frankenstein and he can't even do that left, right, left, right. And the, the sensei told him, tell him to go back to crawling, go back to the basics. And he said, huh? He said, the young man probably skipped that process, process of crawling. So he didn't get to learn how to go left, right, left, right. Some of us in life, even though we're grown, sometimes we have to go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to go back to what was taught to us. Because guess what? An unexamined life is not worth living. I believe Plato said that. If you can't go back and look at what got you there, you know, and you might need to think again. And so what he did, him and his wisdom, he went back and he created an activity so that the whole class would participate in this back to the basics, in this beginning step, in this building that foundation, instead of pointing him out and saying, you never crawled. Mm -hmm. So we will have to teach you from the beginning. What he did is he made it a group thing and he put a fancy name on it so the kids would want to do it. And so what they did, and he would get down there with them. Sometimes you got to get down with the get down. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to get down and meet people where they are at. No matter what your title is, if you want to be effective, get to their level and understand and then help them, help to pull them up. And so he said what he did is he got those kids on the ground. And as they begin to crawl and do the, they would love to do it. Eventually he was able to go into the, the Akeda and all those other moves and punches. And I believe I talked to him and I don't know if that guy's a neuroscience or he's a scientist or something, whatever it is, it's way past that crawling stage. And thanks to the single-handed help that someone did look out and with that effort, extra 
effort to help him move him to the next level. That's what I'm talking about. Before I leave here, I want somebody to be able to say, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to do this. And I'm not talking, it doesn't have to be a big fancy title, but I'm talking about there are people in life right now that are thinking about giving up. Okay, well, hold that thought right there. Hold that thought right there. That that We'll get to that one later because I do have a question for that as well. But here's my next question for you. Out of all the Black Belt Speakers events that I have gone to, I'm telling you, you have really, I see you in action and I'm in awe. I mean, I just love how you draw the people into the event itself and into you. With that being said, I think this is a moment that's really appropriate for me to show this one video clip. Okay. Guess what? The, the time, time is, is really. The, the time, time is. Now. I know I there are people, people that, that I think about, about now and some, and some of the situations, situations they're, they're in, in, and I, I wonder, wonder if I could have made an impact. impact. I wonder, I wonder if. if me, me just, just smiling or asking how, how you're doing, doing and mean it would have made, made a difference. difference. See, because right, right now, now this world, world is going through some crazy stuff. stuff. Does, Does anybody, anybody agree with that? that? Sometimes, Sometimes you're like, do I don't even understand. understand. Okay, okay, say that again. And, and so, so people, people are hurting. I work with families and what I know now is that even our younger people are suffering. They're, they're suffering, suffering at a rate, rate that they're, they're taking, taking their own lives before, before they get, get a chance, chance to even live. live. Now, some, some of us are witness, witness to the fact that we did some things, right? We've, We've had, had some rock bottom times. Anybody, Anybody went through rock bottom times? times? But, but what, what we realize is that if we make those rocks stepping stones, it takes that same material, but it's helping you to move to the next level. And that's what we have to do, take those things from our past and, and make, make them, them last, last for, for others. others. Quit, Quit trying, trying to make, make your history a mystery. And you're like, what does that mean? Quit trying to figure out why you went through, went through what you went through, and woe is me, and I did that, that and I'm not working. Guess what? It wasn't about you in the first place. You're here for a reason. And you know what? You're here to help somebody else. So people call on you from all over the world to MC. What is it that made you want to go into public speaking? <laughs> Nothing made me want to go into it. I'm going to tell you, my foundation was church for real. As I got older, I just have to be honest. I stopped going to church. I wanted to figure out everything there was to do and, and how to do. And I was just out there. There was something about me and the way I was raised. I just felt like I was wasting my life. I didn't mean I wanted to stop partying, but I had to do something that was productive. So when I entered college, it wasn't really for the right reasons other than I just felt like I was wasting my brain and I needed to get something. I needed to get some education in there and get something positive going. And so when I went, I didn't even know why I picked the subject that I did. My, my degrees in public relations and communications. Okay. I just did it. I don't know why, but those classes that I took were very instrumental, even in today, to understand the connectivity to people and the, the interpersonal communication piece of it. It's just so vital in everything that I do. I'm a very personable person. 
anybody mm-hmm. that knows me and that are, that is my friend, they already know I would do anything for you. You know, and oftentimes I would put what other people wanted and need for myself without hesitation because there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I saw my mother do. That's what I saw my father do. And so it's in my blood to do that. Now I had to find a balance, but the communication piece of it just came by accident. I guess it was in me from back then. Mm-hmm. So I usually say you were born with all you need, you know. Mm-hmm. You already had that gift. You already had that talent. And some of us, if it's exposed to us too soon, we're going to mess it up anyway. So I don't know that I chose this. It just kind of fell into my lap and, and it just kind of grew because I know when my nephew had said, come on, we're going to speak on stages. And I was like, okay, boy, whatever you want. And I'm in it too. Whatever you want. I'm there for you. I got you. Let me know what you need from me. He said, No. You don't understand what I'm saying. I'm, and I understand what you're saying. Do you want me to help you? To, he's, no, I want you next to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not very often when people are coming up that they want you next to them. Usually people will support you. you you're good as gold until you start to kind of thrive out and then expand and maybe go a different direction. And all of a sudden, you're not that person that's so perfect anymore. There's, people will start making comments and they'll, I knew her back when, well, don't be mad at me because you still stuck back there. Mm-hmm. I'm growing. I mm-hmm. am moving. I will never, I will never denounce my past. That is what made me be the way I am. And all of us out here, there are some things that we may not even ever talk about, but you should never be ashamed of it because you're strong enough and God's given you the tools to be able to still have a mind and a determination to be here. There's some people out here that are ready to give up. Mm-hmm. Some people that have turned to drugs and alcohol and other things that have just really masked the situation. They don't have a handle on it. And just be thankful that you're able to have a mindset. I'm going to use it. I've, I've used this several times. If, if you've heard me speak before, uh, water boils at a certain temperature. And if you put the egg in the water, that egg gets hard. You can take that same boiling water and put potato in it. And what happens, y'all? It gets soft. Mm-hmm. It's the same boiling water. It's the same circumstances. It's what we're made of. So you better be thankful that even though you went through the same things that some other people have went through, that you had enough foundation. You had some good stuff in you, enough just to hold on another day. Like I talked about in that clip, start making your your rock bottom, your stepping stones. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You use your testimony to help somebody else move to the next level. There you go. I'm telling you, this show today, she's bringing some nuggets. And if you're not taking notes, you need to be taking notes here because she's telling us some things that we need to hear. I mean, she's telling us some things that that's going to help us grow. She's helping establish and firm up that foundation that we need. So take note. Okay, Veronica. So you've gotten a chance to speak in Bahrain, in Dubai. You've done a lot of things and I'm telling you, some people, they wanna hear you even though they've never heard you in, in this mode before. And I mean, it's just off, you just you are just off the chain. So what I wanna do now is show you this. Body. See, oftentimes as women and as mothers, we're the, that nurturer, we're givers. And by nature, we put ourselves aside to make sure our husbands or our children are taken care of. Any witnesses? And, and I want to 
gonna have everybody get up to their feet, and then we're gonna practice our victory dance. All right? And your dance may not be my dance. This is about you and what you, how you do it. Okay? So go ahead. You gotta practice it. You gotta see into the future. You got to know that I have a victory dance. After it's all said and done, I'm gonna do my. Hey. So this is the first um, annual Global Women's Conference in 2019 in Mabasa. So what I want to ask you is if we, as we looked at that video clip, I remember there was a certain number of women or people that were to attend that event. But if I recall right, that event grew and grew and grew. Tell us about that. Well, from what I understood, it was only supposed to be like 40 or 50 people. And it was the first time that uh, Sophia had put this on. She didn't know what to expect. And it just began to grow and grow. And it became massive. By the time the event was there, there were over 500 people. And I mean, packed inside that tent, inside and out. We were there at 8 o'clock in the morning. We did not leave there till after 11 at night. It was just amazing. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes when you when you get so excited about something, when the time comes, you're good for the first hour or so. But who stays for 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, <laughs> 2, 3, and on and on. And I'm not talking about normal heat, y'all. This wasn't no normal heat. They did bring in some portable air conditions. But guess what? If you weren't the ones right in that front of that tent, you wouldn't get no air but nobody was willing to leave. And you know what's so crazy to me? Remember I told you I was number 11, 12. Mm -hmm. And I remember a, a saying that says, even the tallest oak in the tree, in the forest was just a tiny nut that held its ground. So this goes out to anybody out there. It doesn't matter if you thought you were meaningless or nobody would ever listen to you or, or people don't think that you really deserve to be where you're at. Even the tallest oak in the forest was just a tiny nut, number 11 of 12, that held its ground. And so I just want to encourage you all. You don't, you can't even imagine what God has for you. I got to go to Africa somewhere where my parents never got to set their feet on that soil. And this is what I know for a fact. Some of the blessings that I am getting, it has nothing whatsoever to do with Veronica at all. At all. I know that. I'm smart enough to know that. I am reaping some of the benefits that my parents and my forefathers, some of their sacrifices, I have been blessed to be able to, to, to be able to experience that. And when I set foot on that soil, that's what I thought about. Only my mom and, and, and my dad, my dad who worked tirelessly at, at his job and for the church, and my mom who gave a life of service, could see their number 11 is now number one. 
And I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful and I take nothing for granted. It is just, I, I don't even know how to even put it into words, but I will tell you this. One of the ladies looked me dead in the eye and what she said kills to me. She said, you may live in America, but this is your home. Not, not many people invite you to their home unless they mean it. I just, it's just something that I'll never forget. I've been invited back and, and trust me, when this stuff all goes over, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> so what was it like to be speaking in those places or being invited to those places? Oh man. Well, first of all, I'm thinking, wait a minute. So I got the, the, the notice and it said, would you give us the honor of coming to be our MC? Uh, please be, make this our honor for you to do this. You could have saw my face. <laughs> That's my happy dance, y'all. <laughs> Some of y'all need to get practicing your happy dance because you don't know where it's going to come from and who's going to bring it to you. Would I get? Would they give? Would I give them the honor of me, Veronica T. Bird, going to Kenya and speaking to? I wouldn't care if it was 10 people. I absolutely would. It is a feeling that I don't even know how to describe it. I know y'all think I'm animated. That's what my grandma, granddaughter said. Yeah, yeah, you're so animated. I don't believe so. But there's nothing that could put into words honor someone asking you. Some of us put ourselves out there. This is who I am. This is what I do. See me, feel me, have me. No, people are literally coming and asking me from all over. Will you please come and do this for us? And that's locally as well. People that I don't even have a connection with are saying, I know somebody that knows you and that didn't, da, 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 or I heard this. And please, I mean, if you carry yourself in a way that, that you just do you, they will find you. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't have to worry about putting those tips in the titles before you've went through the process because it comes in due time. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Okay, so what if there are people out there listening today? They're listening right now and they say, I didn't have a good foundation or upbringing. How can I build from, from that right now? How can I build from that today? What do I need to do? What would you tell them? I would say there's nothing wrong with starting all over. First, you got to examine what's going on. See, a successful person is one who can lay a solid foundation with the bricks that others have thrown at them. Sometimes we get bricks thrown at us because it just is what it, we didn't have nothing to do with. It. We were just born into a situation. We were just thrust into something because of who we know or because of who our people are or just situations. But that's OK. Don't let that get you down. There's something that I always go back on. And, and, and that's my name. That's Bird. I, I'm very proud that, that my father was Riley Bird Jr. And when he carried himself, he was a very tall man. And when he carried himself, he carried himself such that he all you never saw him slump over. And my mother was the same way. My mother always kept a smile on her face. And so for me, even though I had that going on, I still had lonely times. I still had people that that did things to me that were very mean and I didn't deserve them. And I know that, you know, uh, so don't let the smooth taste fool you. A lot of times when we present ourselves, all we show them is like we woke up like 
quit lying. You wake up like that. We all have went through some things and we would help others and help ourselves if, if we would address what was going on. Oftentimes we can even look at, our, at the famous people and you say, why are they having these issues? If I had that or if I look like that, it don't have anything to do with. See, they're, you're looking at what they do, but that's not who they are. When you take away those things that they do, they can't stand because they don't know who they are. So you need to go back and figure out who you are. Me, I'm gonna always be a bird. Even if I say I do to somebody, I will always be a B-Y-R-D. And so it just keeps me in focus. Cause like I said, my, my father never gave me a reason to be ashamed of my name. And so I think about that B. I have to believe in myself. I have to believe in myself. There's no sense in everybody else believing in you if you're not gonna take initiative to believe. Don't give up hope. You have to have hope. You have to believe. Um, Cory Booker said that hope is the um, is the uh, active conviction. Hope is the active conviction that despair will never have the last word. Hope is the active con uh, conviction that despair will never have the last word. So regardless of what you've been through, don't don't give up hope. Keep that hope. It's not believe. You've got to believe in you. Why? Yesterday is history. Sometimes we get so focused on that stuff that has held us back and beat us down and everything. We feel ashamed of certain things. You know, P.D. Jake says the greatest gift we can give ourselves is forgiveness. So you got to forgive yourself. Right. Yesterday's okay. history, don't let it hold you back. Use those rock bottoms as stepping stones. And then you got to rise to the occasion. There's an African proverb that says that every morning in Africa, when the sun comes up, a gazelle, it, 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 it wakes up, it runs as fast as it can because it knows it has to outrun the fastest lion or it's going to be killed. And then in that same scenario, every morning, a lion wakes up and it knows it has to um, it has to outrun the, the fastest, I mean, the slowest gazelle, because if it doesn't, then Guess what? It's going to starve. It's going to die. And it doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, y'all, we got to hit it running. We got to get it in. So we got to rise to the occasion. So many of us have hopes and dreams. A lot of our hopes and dreams have become nightmares. Okay. And some of us, our hopes and dreams are just comas. At least if it's a nightmare, it's still active. Keep moving. Keep moving and keep looking forward. You can do this. And then you got to develop daily ritual. You have got to do something that's going to keep your, you have to be mindful of not keeping your mind full. You have to pay attention of not having so much going on in your mind that you can't concentrate. You have to be mindful of not having so much of a mind full of things that are not getting you to where you need to be. So you gotta believe in yourself, yesterday's history, rise to the occasion and develop daily rituals. Okay, hey, I um, I have somebody that um, wanted to say something to you. I'm gonna bring him in for a second. Okay. Hey, what's going on, Keith? Hi. Well, you know, here's what I wanted to say uh, that 
no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter the places that you've spoken, the countries that you've spoken, what I like the most is that you're still the same person. See, for a lot of people, certain experiences can change them and they get this uppity attitude and now I'm all that and a bag of chips. But what I like is that no matter what we've done, where we've been, how we've done it, where we've done it, who we've done it with, uh, you're the kind of person that says, hey, wait a minute, I still want to help other people get there. And, and that's one thing I really appreciate you. And, and just to let everybody know, we're not done yet. The minute the corona takes its foot off our neck, we're right on back back out there making a difference right. through BBS and through Global Speaking. So keep up the great work. Thank you. And for those of you who did not know, this is Dr. Wes's aunt. I thought this that's was right. when I first met them. But then later on, I found out it was his aunt. So he has his aunt as his sidekick for his shows. That's other, right. Like, Keeping it all in the family. Keeping it all in the family. But again, she was a deciding factor in his life. She That's right. established his foundation. And look where he is today. And I just want to say thank you, Dr. West, for everything that you're doing and that you've done. Thank you. I want to say thank you, Veronica, for being the person that you are and thank for the you. things that you have going on in your life. And just to summarize it right quick um, for our show, I just want to say greatness start from the inside out. So you build your foundation for your primary greatness. That's what you need to do here. Um, I was just taking some notes as I was going along. If you want to reap the benefits of greatness, you need to sow your seeds. So again, this is building your foundation. You build your primary greatness by building your character ethics. And that goes back to what I said in the very beginning sacrifice is the price that you pay for success. So yes, in order to be successful, you're going to have to make some sacrifices in life. People watch us, you know, our actions speak louder than words. So remember that you can fake it till you make it, but make sure you do the work along the way to build that strong foundation. Small things done daily accumulate into significant results. And finally, don't be afraid to make tweaks and adjustments along the way. Now, I'm going to ask Ms. Ferd if she has any cozy words here before we end the show. But I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for taking time out. And I mean, you dropped the bomb. You know what they say, drop the mic. You did all of that and more. You. Do you have any closing words for us? Yes. If, if you don't mind, I would like to say a closing word. You know, oftentimes many of us have a bucket list. Anybody have a bucket list out there? I don't want you to get so caught up in your bucket list that you don't enjoy what you have today. You, you look so far into the future, you miss the roses that you can smell right now. And I just want you to just to realize that you are valuable and never underestimate your foundation and those that are looking to you. And before I go, if I could just get you to do one last thing for me, if you'll just take one, one hand and cover one of your ears, just one ear, Nobody's, I'm the only one looking goofy in this. I can see that. And just cover one ear and just say it with conviction. Say, I am somebody. I am somebody. Okay, say it like you mean it. Because, because you know, sometimes when we say things, we, we, we don't give ourselves credit enough. Say, I am somebody. I, I am, am somebody. somebody. And one more time for the road. I am somebody. I am somebody. Okay, some of you might say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Why does she have me cover one ear? Because I didn't want it to go in one ear and out the other. 
It's your girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And again, this is Sonya Robinson. I always leave you with a tip. And the tip for the day is without a strong foundation, you'll have problems creating anything of value. I will see you next week where our guest will be Soyam, Soyam Shah from Nairobi, Kenya. I look forward to seeing her and I look forward to seeing you. And thank you for joining Conversations That Matter, where we have conversations that matter. And thank you for joining.